welcome to the Thin Within podcast, episode number one. This is Thin Within on the go, and I'm Heidi Bilesma Epperson, one of your hosts and the lead coach and owner of the Thin Within ministry. And I'm Christina Motley, another coach and host, and also <laughs> Heidi's partner in all things Thin Within. We are on the go, and we are so excited to have you here with us today. Yes. Welcome. Yes, welcome. And we have been asked by some of our participants if we couldn't put some of our content into a podcast form. So we're launching into that, and bear with us. We're going to be seeing it improve along the way, I'm sure, in the years <laughs> to come. Yes, please be <laughs> patient with us. <laughs> yes, definitely. So we thought we would kind of take step way back and cover something a little bit basic in case you aren't familiar with Thin Within, but you have heard about it, maybe want to know some of the details of what it even is um, and a little bit of the history behind it. So Christina, would you tell us what are we covering today? We're going to ask what is Thin Within, how was it started and when? Yes. So the the quickest, easiest answer is it is an alternative to dieting, but it is so much more than that. And it was created to be more than that, truly. Thin Within was actually started in the mid-1970s. Yes, we have (laughs) been around over 50 years. That is amazing. Isn't it? It really is. These are like timeless truths, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, And it began in a Berkeley basement in California, Berkeley, California. (laughs) Two friends, Judy and Joy, put their heads together Mm -hmm. and came up with observations that they had made of their naturally trim friends. These were people who didn't worry at all about dieting or exercising to get rid of extra weight. This is amazing because when you think about it, the 70s, wasn't that the season of Twiggy and get all (laughs) flower power? Yes, yes. And all of those other interesting things. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought of a bunch of people hanging out in a basement to talk about how can we become peaceful eaters? (laughs) I wouldn't have thought of that. Yeah, it would have been something else in Berkeley, California. But anyway, (laughs) they observed the behavior and the way that these people thought these these people were blessedly free from obsession with the bathroom scale. They didn't worry about how much they were eating or how little they just listened to their bodies. They were comfortable in their own skin, were peaceful with their food eating and their bodies. I don't know about you, but that sounds awesome to me. (laughs) Oh my gosh, Heidi, that sounds like a dream come true. Is that even possible? (laughs) And it is. It is. And Joy (laughs) and Judy developed this list of behaviors and approaches to food and eating that seemed to characterize these naturally trim people who were at peace with themselves. They were, they were good in their own skin and they didn't find uh, torment in eating and in choosing foods and all of that. These were people that they wanted to emulate and they wanted to teach others to emulate so that they too could become peaceful eaters. And so they put together a list of observations of this special population of people. They seem mm-hmm. to have eight characteristics primarily. I'm sure they had way more than that, but (laughs) these eight kind of surfaces as the, as the cream rises to the surface, that's what these are. (laughs) So first one, and Christine and I are going to alternate sharing them with you. Um, but the first one is this population of people ate when they were hungry. (laughs) 
Okay, Heidi, what kind of hunger are you talking about? Because I used to feel like I was hungry all the time. Yeah, and you're not alone in that. Yes, (laughs) this is physical hunger in your stomach pouch, which this is important to know where the stomach even is. Many of us hold our hands around our belly button and think that's where our stomach is. I mean, if we stop and think about it, we know that anatomically we've probably learned that's not quite right, but (laughs) let's talk about where it actually is just in case. Um, If you were to go to your chest bone and kind of trace the bottom part of your chest bone, where all your ribs can join, that is the sternum. And right below the sternum to the left of center, and obviously inside of you, is <laughs> your stomach pouch. Yes. And, and interestingly enough, that stomach pouch, when it is comfortably satisfied, has only about the amount of food that a loosely held fist uh, represents. I mean, that's what it's a visual force, but we'll get to that one in a minute. But when they felt a physical emptiness in their stomach pouches, that's when these people would eat, not because of a million other reasons, because it, they were happy or because they were sad or because they were lonely or and they ate when they were hungry, physically hungry. Amazing, right? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely amazing. Mind-blowing. Something that I didn't even think about for most of my (laughs) adult life. As crazy as that sounds. I know. Me too, for sure. (laughs) All right. What's next, Christina? What else? Okay. Number two. Um, they found as they were observing these wonderful, peaceful eating people that they had <laughs> reduced the number of distractions around them in order to eat in a calm environment. And this one was hard for me in the beginning because, you know, I have a busy life. Many of us have busy, busy lives and kids and teenagers and uh, things happening all around us in our homes. How is this even possible? But it really is. And over time and being intentional, you do find a way to eat in a um, kind of a natural rhythm where you are focused on what's going on and then take a little break focused on your next bite. This really is possible and it's wonderful. Yes, these these people that they observed, that Joy and Judy observed, weren't people who as soon as the TV went on, they would start eating. You know, for many of us, if we're at the movies, we want popcorn and all of that stuff. These folks reduced the distractions. And when they were eating, they were eating. When they were doing something else, they were doing something else without food accompanying that something else. So if they were at the computer, they wouldn't be eating. If they were reading the newspaper, they wouldn't be eating. (laughs) It was like, oh, so eating was eating other things, distractions were put away if they needed to do that. So number three, this special population of peaceful eaters didn't eat on the run, but sat down when eating. And they sat down at a place that was designated for mealtime. It wasn't sitting in their car, hitting a drive-through and inhaling food on the run like that, but sitting down And having that be a special event, a special event several times each day where they could focus on their food 
I'm getting ahead of myself in these keys because they all kind of blend together for they me do, now. They do. But I'm thinking, I mean, this is something that most of us in our culture right now, we don't do this. We don't sit down and eat. We are always doing something else at the same time, right. multitasking, running around, doing this, looking at that um, at the same time. So these, I mean, they seem so simple when you read them, Heidi. Yeah. But when you think about the world today and you look around at people, this, this is not happening. It takes intentionality. (laughs) It really does. (laughs) But what a difference when we do. Yes. Okay. So the next one kind of goes along in the same way. Number four, eating and drinking when our bodies and minds are relaxed. Well, what does that mean? My body and mind is relaxed. Well, I'm, I'm going to think of all the opposite of that. So I'm thinking <laughs> when I am overwhelmed, when I am stressed, when I am zipping around, when I'm late, when I'm frantic because I waited so long to eat, I feel like I could eat everything in sight. Yeah. When I am doing five other things at the same time. That's not mind and body relaxed. And there's no way that I can focus on what's happening with my food and eating or even taste the food right? when I am doing 25 things at once and stressed and all of those things. You know what we mean. I know you do. (laughs) Yes, for sure. Real life. This is real life. Definitely. And for those of us that struggle with being calm and quiet and maybe sometimes silent even, this is tricky, but over time it is possible, especially as we invite our God into it, as we welcome him into our meals, into our eating occasions, we'll find that he can grant that peace that surpasses all understanding and give us peace in our body and our mind and our hearts. So don't forget to invite him into that. (laughs) Yes. Well, and you might be thinking at now that we're kind of in the middle of these keys, you might be thinking, you know, I've tried this and it is not easy. And a lot of the time I don't want to do this at all. How do I find consistency with this? So just know that we will be talking about that and give you all kinds of strategies to help you with this and to help you become consistent enough that it becomes part of your normal life. Yes, definitely. Yes. All right. The fifth (laughs) observation that Joy and Judy made about this population of peaceful eating people (laughs) was they chose foods and drinks that they loved. They didn't have a list of must eat this or a list of must not eat that Mm -hmm. and avoided foods that they were told to avoid or had to eat things that they were told they had to eat. They just allowed themselves to choose freely based on what sounded wonderful to them. I mean, that's a novel concept. Yes. <laughs> well, it is. This is actually my favorite key. So I'm kind of bummed <laughs> that you, you got it. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but really this is, this is such wonderful, wonderful freedom. So this means that I can go out with a friend, even if I don't look at the menu ahead of time, this right. means that I have the freedom to, you know, eat with my coworkers, eat the same foods. My family is, you eating. don't have to have your own special stash of foods that are diet foods. Right. And this means that I can ask the Lord in, invite the Lord in and ask him to help me discern 
what does my body need right now? What will taste good? What will make me feel energized and strong? And I love that instead of trying to follow somebody else's list, somebody who doesn't know my body, who knows my body better than God? No one. No one. Absolutely. Why don't you share with us number six? Okay. Number six, again, these all go together. We want to be paying attention to our food while eating. And this is, again, what Judy and Joy observed, that these peaceful eaters were paying attention. What I've noticed with people like this is that they often talk about the food while they eat it. They are really paying attention. They say, oh, the flavor of these peaches are amazing. It's the juice is dripping down my, my chin. It's, it's an amazing sweet flavor. I will hear them talk about because they're actually paying attention what does it taste like? What is the texture? Texture. Maybe it's something you don't like. And so you're going to push it aside because you don't have to have that. If it's not something you really enjoy, or maybe you have decided, you know, this food is not really what my body is calling for right now. Anyway, it gives you that freedom to say no, thank you. Or to say, yes, please paying attention to our food while eating. I mean, that's something again, that I didn't do for years and years. For me, a really important distinction is these folks didn't do the mindless eating. Many of us have kind of got stuck in, you know, where you're doing several things at once you're eating at the same time that you're doing these several things. And then you suddenly notice that there's no food left in your bowl or plate. And it's like, what happened to it? I don't remember eating it. Or later on in the day, you, you're pausing going, I don't remember if I had lunch or not. Uh, you know, that's mindless eating. Or oftentimes it's when we watch movies or TV or we're at the computer. Um, these folks didn't do any of that hand to mouth, hand to mouth, hand to mouth while they were doing or watching uh, whatever. They were aware of the meal and they made the meal be the main event. So that sounds just amazing to me. (laughs) Well, and isn't that, I mean, who made the food? God made this wonderful food and we have so much abundance and all this variety thousands of foods. And here we are scarfing it down without (laughs) even a thought. I mean, what you said a few minutes ago, Heidi, when you said, did I have lunch today? How often do we do that? We just eat mindlessly without having any idea how it even tasted or anything. So I love, I love these. It makes so much sense. It really does. (laughs) So the seventh thing that they observed about these people was these people ate slowly savoring (laughs) each bite. Now I, I happen to be related to one and my sister is a naturally trim eater, uh, an eater who is at peace with food, eating and her body. I have watched her do this. She really does savor each bite and the meal is an event in, in so many ways. Preparing the meal is an event eating the meal is an event and she's still eating the meal and she's still (laughs) eating the meal and cleaning up is an event. It is so interesting 
how she will move the food around in her mouth and experience all of the different tastes that the food supplies and the textures, you know, is, does it pop in some way like kernels of corn might, or is it kind of resisting her teeth a little bit like beans (laughs) might, or, you know, all of these, or is it really chewy, you know, all of that, not to mention, of course, the flavors, um, So these people definitely eat slowly and savor each bite. Yes. And Heidi, when you describe your sister, I am thinking of my mother-in-law and she was the same way she has passed on, but she lived with us for two years. And so we had meals together every day for two years. And I watched her in amazement, (laughs) even the smallest little bites of food that you might normally pick up with your hands. She used a fork and knife and dipped it in this special little sauce and chewed it and talked about it and just really enjoyed every bite. She was always the last person at the table and she really ate slowly and savored. I mean, it was amazing. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, It was amazing. That's great. Why don't okay. you tell us the last one? The last one is one that is tricky for all of us. Most of us. I don't know. It's tricky for all of us, Heidi. I think it's so. tricky. I, I haven't known anybody who said, oh, no sweat yeah, <laughs> to this right, one. Right. And that is stopping before our bodies or our stomachs are full. So these people that Judy and Joy observed they would eat slowly, they would be sitting down, they would be intentional, they would be reducing distractions, all these things. And then they also knew when their stomach was satisfied, not full. So full is like pushing against your stomach. Full is like you can feel the food and you just know you've gone past that place of just enough. The place that we want to find is that peaceful place. Just enough is total peace. It's kind of a a happy little nothingness. You don't need any more. Your body is totally satisfied and you can move on without feeling full. And it takes a while. It takes practice and intentionality. And it also takes these other keys to come along Um, in order to find that place of just enough. But once you do, it gets easier and easier. Um, And of course, inviting God in, he (laughs) will show you. And you might be thinking, doesn't he have bigger, more important things to do (laughs) than if my stomach is full or not? But actually, I mean, we know that Um, from the word of God, we know that God is interested in every single detail of our lives Yes, and giving this up to him. Oh, he honors it. He wants us to feel that peace and freedom and to have that natural rhythm as we eat and drink and fuel up our bodies. And um, he wants that for us. That was his design. So yeah. That's the last one, stopping before our bodies are full. Yes. And these observations, these eight observations became known as Thin Within's eight keys to conscious eating, to being present and eating only when you can bring everything together for that event. 
these are really like the basic mechanics of what we do in Thin Within to develop a peaceful relationship with food. And if we are carrying extra weight, when we follow these keys, we can actually release that extra weight as well. A lot of us have experience the blessing of doing that. So there's no good foods or bad foods lists. It's not a diet. In fact, it's called a (laughs) (laughs) non-diet. A Uh, non-diet approach. That's right. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And so we want to, of course, invite God into this. And because really, when you think about it, if it was easy and natural for us at this point, we would have done it by now. Mm -hmm. So we need the strength and the power and the wisdom and the grace that God can supply us through Jesus in order to do these eight keys to conscious eating. Now, we won't do it perfectly. Even when we call on God to help us, we still will struggle with the desire eating, the emotions that sometimes lead us to food when we're not physically hungry, etc. cetera. Um, and why is that, Christina? Why won't we do it perfectly? <laughs> well, it's pretty much impossible this side of heaven. <laughs> yes. I'm thinking yes. that once we all get to heaven and we're sitting at at the Lord's table. Oh man, we're going to be able to do this 100% of the time (laughs) and it's going to be just glorious, but yeah, no, on this earth, we're going to be tripping and stumbling and we have all kinds of wonderful strategies to help you with that because that's our natural process of learning and walking with the Lord. He's going to be teaching us through our stumbles and falls. And that is amazing. And that is very unique to Thin Within. I have never seen that anywhere else. Anywhere else. Right. I love it so much. Right. Definitely. And so we want to encourage you to join us again. We have just scratched the surface. We're going to be talking about all kinds of things Thin Within, uh, how to experience blessing from the failures that we struggle with at times, how to, how to really experience too, uh, giving our bodies what they need nutritionally on this journey. Some people wonder about that. Uh, we are going to be sharing with you how we can think differently about food eating in our bodies. What, what, how does this relate to that? And yes, we want to think differently because otherwise we'll return to our old habits and we don't want to do that. We're in this for the long run and it is possible to be peaceful eaters, even if you weren't born that way or feel like you are that way right now. Um, So we hope you'll join us next time for episode two. And thank you for being here with us. Thank you for being here. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.